Hi, Adam here. Okay, so we're now in the middle of the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, I live in New Zealand, so it's not really affecting us too badly. We've had a few hundred cases. It's probably around 600 by now, 500 and something the last time I checked. And the government has closed down the borders of the country. People are still coming in from overseas, but uh, a lot of travel has been suspended. So some people are stuck wherever they are. They were given warning. Hopefully they all received that warning, and if they are stuck in other countries, for the most part, I hope that was their own choice. I hope the message was clear. All right, so now that we're in lockdown, uh, initially it was proposed four weeks, and we're in the middle of that, well, we're at the beginning of that four weeks at the moment. And a lot of us are probably wondering when this lockdown is actually officially going to end. Is it going to be extended? And what happens once it finishes? Uh, are we going to open the borders? So let's have a look at a few of those scenarios. Now, at the moment, importing and exporting is still happening, which I think is good. Uh, what I would suggest, if they're not doing it already, is that those who are staff in that particular industry, and I'm talking about who are interacting with overseas goods, and so goods that are coming in, um, or who themselves are coming in from overseas, uh, they should be quarantined. I think that because they're being quarantined and they are doing an essential service for the country, I think it is important that wherever they are quarantined, whether or not they're showing symptoms, that those facilities, that housing should be uh, of a very good standard. It doesn't have to be over the top, but they should definitely have a nice house to stay in. Um, they should have everything they need. They should be able to relax. It should be good for them because we appreciate what they've done. I think the government should have that in place. And that they should continue in that until COVID-19 is either finally ignored because we've just all given up and just let it run rampant. Hopefully that's not the case. Or we've finally overcome this virus. So that's my point of view on that one. Love to hear yours. And you can get in touch with me via Facebook. Or you can email me. And my email address is christiansbyfaith at gmail.com. So I don't check it very often, but uh, I'll have to check. Now I'll come back to anything else I can think of on that subject later. Now in terms of Christianity, a friend of mine who was listening, he wanted to know if you are following Jesus, then where are you following him to? Now a lot of different Christians may have a different perspective on this one. And I would actually have to spend some more time in the Bible. Not that I haven't, but uh, it is a big Bible and you tend to forget things. Um, or you can tend to take it out of context, or you can tend to overemphasize one point more than another. Uh, so it is important to study it fairly frequently, and 
put it in practice. My instantaneous response to that would be we're following Jesus into eternal life. Um, I would assume that for a lot of Christians, the reason we follow Jesus is because, one, he loves us, and two, because he's given us the opportunity for eternal life. Or if you do follow Jesus, truly, then you have been promised eternal life. And so that is the direction. The question then would be, what does it mean to follow Jesus? I think the best person to ask would be Jesus himself. And if you can't actually have a conversation with him, I, I certainly cannot. It's fairly one-sided. Is to read what he said in the New Testament, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And so it's pretty evident there what it means to follow him. Uh, one such thing he said was that you love each other, love one another as yourself. Another one is to love your enemies. So it doesn't matter if someone is your enemy. You shouldn't then have a bias towards your friends, but that you should also help those who hate you also. And Jesus says that his father also does that by giving rain and sun to both those who follow him and those who hate him. He isn't a respecter of persons. Of course, he does judge those who go against him. And whether certain disasters that happen around the world are God's judgment or not, I can't say for sure, but I can say that according to the revelation of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation, uh, judgment will certainly be coming. And that will be among, amongst, upon those who choose to accept something called the mark of the beast and those who hate God and those who worship the so-called beast. And that's an interesting subject to discuss. What is the beast? Now, many Christians have jumped to the conclusion and I should just say that I have a different opinion on this but they believe that the beast is the Antichrist uh, I believe a little bit differently I believe the Antichrist is a horn on the beast and it's a horn that plucks out three other horns I won't get too much into the symbology I believe however that the beast is a world system which has been with us from at least the time of Nebuchadnezzar, possibly earlier. And it's been continuing through the ages. And here we are today, we still have that beast. It's a world system, a world government, a world empire. And it can it has diff many heads. That's what I believe the beast is. And it's all part of one big worldly system. That's the way the book of Revelation has painted it. So at the moment that's all I have to say on that subject. Let's get back to what it means to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus, we need to love one another. We need to love our neighbor. It doesn't necessarily mean it's your friend. So love everyone really. 
what does it mean to love someone? It means that you would do to them as you'd have them do to you. Now, for some with lesser morals, they might think that punching someone in the face is a good thing because sometimes they just needed a good punch in the face to get their their life back on track. Now, God knows their morals. and God knows where they are in terms of their walk with him. So I certainly wouldn't agree that punching someone in the face is a good idea, especially when it says if someone hits you, you should turn the other cheek. But, you know, if that person truly believes um, with a good conscience that that's the case, you know, that's between them and God. Um, they'd find it hard to justify that to many other Christians. And what I'm saying here is that there can be many ways to interpret the truth. The truth remains the truth. The truth doesn't change. But people can end up interpreting it differently. What matters, though, is what's on your heart. Now, I'm not going down the road of, you know, it's just whatever's in your heart, just do what you want, it's okay, God loves you. No, what I'm saying is that if you truly, in your heart, with a good conscience, do something, and a brother in Christ would be like, Ugh, I wouldn't even consider myself a brother, that's just wrong. Um, but if you truly believe in your heart, if you're truly sincere, all I can say is that's between you and God. And God will lay out the books on Judgment Day and it will be made known what's really going on. Um, but you shouldn't just do something because a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ did something. You need to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Another thing to bring up is, obviously there's an Old Testament we can't ignore, where people were being killed uh, there was certainly a lot of judgment by God. And there's certainly wars done in God's name. And lots of people died. And people can't put the God of the New Testament and the God of the Old Testament together. I certainly don't have all the answers. I can say that with this New Testament, we're under what some Christians would call the Age of Grace. And God is long-suffering towards us, not wishing that any of us should perish. He's allowing many bad things to happen, and he appears, it seems, for the most part, withholding judgment until Judgment Day. Does that mean he approves of the things we do now that he didn't approve back then? No. He's still the same God. But, He's withholding judgment. Does that mean God won't help people in need? Again, I don't have all the answers, but I do believe that when you pray to him, it says that the prayers of a righteous man avail much. So if you're a righteous man and you're praying to God, Jesus promises that he will answer you. Does that mean he will give you exactly what you want? Possibly. I don't think we always... I mean, I can't say that I consider myself a righteous man. I still have things to overcome, and only overcomers enter the kingdom of heaven. 
So how many are actually truly righteous? I'd say there are very few. Very few elect who will end up in heaven. And Jesus said to one man who asked him, the man asked him, are there many that will get into heaven or will there be few? And Jesus said, Jesus pretty much said that there would be few. Many would try. He said, strive to enter in at the narrow gate because many there be that will try to enter therein and will not be able. I believe that if we want to enter heaven, we need to give up sin entirely. Now, of course, we're going to slip. We're going to make mistakes. I'm not saying that won't happen. But when that happens, we need to repent. We need to stop sinning. We need to turn back to God. The problem we have in the churches nowadays, and this has probably been the case from the beginning, in fact, it most likely has been, is that people want to still be able to sin and still go to heaven. They think it's impossible to give up sinning. Now, like I said, we are going to slip. We are going to mess up. We need to repent. We need to stop sinning. It's a bit like the Old Testament where God said to one of his prophets that if a man was righteous and then he started sinning, then God would forget about all his righteousness. And if he died, then he would die in his sin. And that would be it for him. But if a man or woman, obviously, was a wicked person, but then they repented, they turned from it, and they started living righteous, then God would forget about all their wickedness. And if that person died, they would be saved. The same applies today, I believe. Uh, many say that with Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus Christ died on the cross, you don't have to do anything anymore. I mean, even, even Catholics, for example, um, I'm not a Catholic, I have different views. I mean, I'm not a, not a Protestant, I have different views. I have different views to most versions of Christianity. So most of you are probably either going to disagree with me, um, or I hope it's thought-provoking and you think about it, and I would probably disagree with you. So let's just get that on the table. Uh, but that's okay. We can talk about these things, and hopefully we'll find agreement. Hopefully I'll challenge you to have a look again in the Bible where it says something, and you can go, okay, yeah, all right, he's got a point, or, or whatever. That's up to you. This is a channel that's open to your opinions and your views and your gripes and, and everything. So yeah, just keep it keep it PG and that would be fine. Kind of lost track there. Well, we'll wrap it up. Thank you for listening. And in regards to COVID don't know how long it's going to go on for but I, I really do hope that um, as everyone just hope they're sensible and have a great day take care